Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening guys, and without further ado, let's begin. met this dude online and I really should have paid attention to the red flags. This guy had no sense of humor and wouldn't even type so much as an lol or a smiley face when I tried to joke with him. He seemed kind of, I don't know, serious, but he had a lot of intriguing things to say and we had a lot of the same interests so I figured that maybe he would be a better in person or something. After creepy encounters in the past though, I made sure to message one of my best girlfriends before going out on this date. Told her where we were going and the car that he drove and even his name. I even sent a pic of his profile online. Anyway, I met him at the restaurant that happened to be next to a hiking trail. Weird, right? And well, during our time eating, his sense of humor had not appeared at all. It was pretty creepy to be honest. Like, every time that I made a joke or laughed, he would just stop what he was doing and stare right through me, like staring at nothing. His eyes resembled the cold, emotionless eyes of a, a doll maybe or something, and it just really creeped me out. And then he started talking, and it got a lot worse. He started talking about his job and how he felt slighted by everyone and that he deserved to be treated better because he was smarter than them. Serious psychopath red flags were going off in my head at this point. He never even had any emotion on his face either. No smile, no laugh, just a constant blank face and blank stare with those predatory eyes. Then he wanted to go for a hike. I said that I needed to go to the bathroom, told my friend everything via a phone call, 
she was to make up a story to allow me to ditch the date and I should have just crawled out that window and left but I didn't want to be rude. I don't know. I felt sort of bad. My friend was going to call me in like 10 minutes with her story. We started down this hiking trail. There were plenty of people around so I relaxed for a bit. But then he kept trying to take me off the trail to look at a great spot. Apparently he had found one earlier. He had obviously been off the trail here before and quite frankly I just panicked. I sent my friend an SOS and she called with the story that her car broke down or something and needed me to get to her. The dude wasn't buying it and insisted on meeting my friend but we both drove to the restaurant separately so why would he need to meet my friend? He became frustrated and a little bit angry at this point. The first emotion that I'd ever seen on this guy's face. I rushed back on the trail where I could be seen and the anger on his face just vanished. He decided to stay there where he was on the trail and thankfully didn't see me off when I left. Now, I don't know if this dude was truly dangerous or not, but the feeling that I got in the pit of my stomach told me to just get out of there right now. What do you guys think? Was I just jumping the gun or was there something more going on here? This happened when I was in my early 20s. I was on plenty of fish, looking to meet a nice guy. I had a few conversations going with some people, but they quickly became lewd and then aggressive when I expressed my lack of interest in hookups. But there was one guy who was maybe five years older than me that had messaged me and he was really the only one that didn't act like the others had. But what I mean is that we had normal conversations and I thought, you know, what the heck? He wanted to meet up and we should give it a crack. I was in the Navy at the time and it turned out that he was too. On the same base even. I lived off base mind you but he claimed to be a martial arts instructor that taught classes at the gym by the barracks. And he seemed nice and all so we set up a date but something about him just bothered me that I couldn't put my finger on. I think it was the fact that I'm used to making people laugh and joking around since I'm sort of a bit of a class clown, but with this guy, I just got nothing. He would never respond when I made a joke, just would carry on what we were talking about before. He seemed almost too serious. In the end, I just chose to ignore it because maybe I wasn't as funny as I thought. Anyway, the night before I was to meet him, I got a strange phone call from an unknown number. Like one of those numbers that says unknown or blocked or something so you can't call them back. I wasn't going to answer at first but man, am I glad that I changed my mind. So the person on the other end of the phone sounded female and a little bit frantic. She said, uh, hello, is this... and my name. And I paused. Uh, who? I answered. She then said, look... I know that you have a date tomorrow with this guy and I'm telling you not to go. He's a dangerous person. I was kind of startled that she knew my name and the guy's name and I responded with, What? Who are you? And she pleaded for me to hear her out. 
She said that she was in IT for the Navy, which is how she was able to hack his account and find our messages to each other, including my phone number and everything. She apparently used my phone number to look me up in the base directory or something like that. Found my name and address, or so she claims. That freaked me out a bit. But she then tells me that he lured her somewhere private to try and have his way with her after meeting her on Plenty of Fish. I asked if she reported it, but she said no because nobody believed her since her rank was low. Now, obviously, I didn't know if this was some sort of psycho ex or if this was real or not, but I wanted nothing to do with either of those things, to be honest. So I thanked her for a time, and I promptly cancelled the date. Look, I don't want any part of either of those things, whether it's a crazy ex or sexual abuse. No thank you, especially since she stalked both him and me at this point. I don't know... Something didn't sit right about that whole encounter and the dude called me the next day and asked why I cancelled. I made something up and he then says the girl's name from the phone call called you didn't she? I froze because I just didn't know what to say. He then says I thought so and then hung up. I blocked his number after that. So first, I, I just want to give some background info. So this happened about four years ago in a house where I lived with my mum and my brother. Uh, my mum and my brother still live there, and an old couple passed away in this house before we moved in. There's a small basement which me and my dad decorated, so it's sort of like my extra room, if, if that makes sense. And the basement has a separate door from the outside too. So one day, I was just chilling in the basement with my friend watching some movies. When we were home alone, my mum was at work until 8pm. We told her to bring us some snacks when she comes back and it must have been about 8.15pm when we heard the main door of the house opening, steps going from the living room to the kitchen, chairs moving, etc, etc. Normal noises you hear when someone is upstairs. We both heard it and I was like, oh, mum's home and he said, yeah, oh, snacks are here too. A few minutes later, my phone rings. It's my mum, and I was like, okay, probably she's calling us to go and get the snacks. I answer, and she says, I'm stuck at work. We'll be home by 10 p.m. There's a problem with security. I was speechless, and I looked at my friend, and he was sort of shaking too. He heard my mum through the phone, and I had one key to the house. My mum had the other key brother was at grandma's place and nobody else had a key there were only two keys for this whole house so we went upstairs to the main door and it was locked lights out i opened and we searched the house but there was nothing weird just as we left it there were no chairs moved even to the both of us that heard them moving for sure and it gives me chills even thinking about this. I heard a lot of steps and movement upstairs growing up when I was alone in that basement but didn't think too much of it since only I heard it. But since my friend heard it too this time, I'm starting to think that everything else that I heard was also true and not my imagination like I first thought. 
Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So this takes place years ago when I was, I want to say like eight or nine, I think. I was on a holiday with my dad at the time and he taking me out for a walk in the woods to a nearby place that we were staying in. We'd gotten pretty far in and we saw this guy laying face down on the ground. My dad's first thought was that this guy was dead. I mean, he wasn't moving and he couldn't tell if he was breathing or not. I remember him putting his arm in front of me though to try and get me away from what he thought was a corpse. My dad starts reaching into his pocket when the guy on the ground gets up and looks at us. Now, not to be rude, but this guy looked completely off his head. He was doing a kind of mixture between smiling and grimacing. He had dark stains in his clothes, which I now think could have been blood. He stands on his feet and stumbles closer and says, You know what you've got now, don't you? This is the first time in my life that I can remember too where my dad is completely speechless. Just doesn't... The guy then screams, You've got a dead man on your hands and just legs it off into the woods. I don't remember being super terrified, but I was just really confused and a little bit scared. My dad, whenever he tells this story to people, he says that it's the most scared that he's ever been. We immediately left and he called the cops, but apparently nothing ever came of it. They never found the guy at least. I've been to the place since then, but not into the woods, just in case I ever run into that guy again. My son, who is now 14, told me that when he was outside playing by the pond in our backyard, that it got really quiet. He couldn't hear anything at all, apparently. 
but then he started to hear music coming from behind the pond. Mind you, this is not in a rural area, Jacksonville, Florida, but the pond backed up to a sort of wooded area, possibly a preserve I think, and he said that the music played and he followed it to the backside of the pond, and there he met what he described as shadow kids at the time. He said that they didn't talk, but they played with him. He said that they played tag first, then built rock towers. Then he said that they started to play hide and seek, and he was the seeker. He saw one, and he started to chase it. He said that he tripped over a rock and fell, so he stopped because all the other shadows came out and surrounded it. Then two larger shadow people, he described them as being big as the house, came out and sort of scolded him. He said it was a menacing feeling, like they were angry and it was his fault. He got scared and ran back into our house. He told me of this whole ordeal, which sounds like it would have taken at least an hour with all of the playing and different games that they played, but he'd only been outside for maybe five minutes while I was putting my swimsuit on because I was going to tan and let him play outside. He was tired and even took a nap after. I didn't discredit his story. He isn't and never has been a liar. And he's always just had this sort of whole Gryffindor Harry Potter persona about him, so I knew that he wasn't making it up. It bothered me a lot though, but I didn't bring it up other than to ask if he had seen them ever again. He didn't and even said that he wished that they would just come back because they were so much fun to play with. Anyway, a few years later when he was 10, I asked him if he remembered the Shadow Kids and the music. Older now, he said yes, all of it was real too. I remember playing with them for hours and you weren't even worried about me. I thought that I was going to be in big trouble when I got back, but I was just having so much fun. We talked about it a little and what they looked like and stuff, and he told me that they were like shadows, but also sort of smoke. They weren't black, they were more transparent, but also able to be seen. He said that it's hard to describe, but the closest thing that he can think of is like mist or smoke. Now, I've heard all of these crazy encounters and couldn't believe the similarities. The silence, the music playing, the transparent figures, the loss of time. Yesterday was my first time reading into this and I've been hooked because of my son's personal experience. I just asked him if he remembered and he had first tried to do the whole, Mom, it was probably just temporary schizophrenia or something because it embarrasses him now, I guess. But when I told him that I was asking because a bunch of people have had the same thing happen to them, he eased up a bit and started talking about it. He said that the music wasn't scary, that it was nice in fact. He again described the misty smoky transparency of the shadow kids and how much the big ones scared him. This time he added that it was dark when he ran home and he went to bed. I'm not sure if that was what he experienced at the time or his memory from being scared made him think that it was dark but he did go straight to sleep, so I remember that bit. But it was definitely a sunny afternoon in the Florida summer, so I don't know about that. But we were also of German ancestry. My grandfather was full German. His parents immigrated to the US from Luxembourg. My son was six years old when this happened, and we moved to a new home a few weeks after this experience, and thankfully it just never happened again. 
Now, that was obviously all strange enough, but the year before my son's encounter, I was asleep in my bedroom with my Boston Terrier, Delgado, and in the middle of the night, I woke up because I heard a loud crack. It sounded like as if a large piece of plywood were to fall into a tile floor or something. In any case, I sat up and so did my dog. My bedroom was shaped in a sort of way where the doorway is sunken in and kind of the shape of the state of Alabama. If Alabama had all straight edges with the southwest corner of the state being where my bedroom door was. Anyway, I looked towards my door because I was going to get up and see what fell. My husband was on the couch in our living room playing video games on the other side of the wall. It was a small 900 square foot apartment and I could hear the TV. And I'll be if when I looked towards the door I saw someone standing there. I tried to adjust my eyes because my room was pretty dark. My bedroom window was large but it was facing a wooded area so there wasn't any moonlight or lights of any kind. My eyes eventually focused and I could tell that it was a man. I said my husband's name thinking that it was just him trying to scare me. I didn't get any answers though. This man stepped out of the doorway and that's when I realized that it wasn't anyone that I knew. It was a person, and this person was at least seven feet tall. Looked like a guy wearing normal clothes and a hat, but maybe a baseball cap? It was so dark, but it was definitely a person, and my dog saw it too, and he started growling instantly. That's when the good old cliche overwhelming sense of dread came over me too, and it was like it just poured over me like water. I went from being curious to just full-on adrenaline pumping. The dog was the confirmation that I needed to snap me into survival mode though. My thoughts were going a thousand miles per hour. I darted my gaze to our bathroom door which was also shut and I knew that I couldn't book it in time before this guy closed in. I had nothing near me that I could use as a weapon and this guy was so big that he was taking up all the space in front of my closed bedroom door. The dog stood up next to me and started barking like crazy and I did the only thing that I could manage and... That was to start shouting. I screamed, who are you? What are you doing in my room? No answer. He just stepped in closer. His arms were bowed and he was sort of hunched forward like he was coming to strangle me. As he inched forward though, the thought crossed my mind that my husband hadn't responded to me yelling and the dog barking yet. And the fact that this person had somehow gotten past him undetected was a physical impossibility. I immediately thought that this tall freak was someone that broke in to kill us and that he had gotten to my husband first and I was next. I wasn't going down without a fight though and I remember thinking that he's going to have to overkill me because I'm not going to go down like this. I started screaming for anyone that could possibly hear me. The man is silent and still getting closer. I'm sizing him up now and thinking that maybe if he gets close enough I can kick him and run out the door. I realized that the way that I was sitting wasn't going to be a good position for that, so I started to adjust myself all while screaming, when suddenly there's light. My husband, my saving grace, comes tearing through the door and turns on the light. He's yelling, what's going on? Who is it? Frantically looking around the room. And I tell you no lies when I say that this giant seven foot tall scary serial killer just evaporated right in front of my eyes. It wasn't like the lights turned on and nothing was there. This 
thing just slowly dissipated right in front of me. I watched it fade away just like you would see a ghost in a movie, but it was more 3D. Sort of like water mist, if you've ever been to a, a water park or a theme park where they have those misters that cool you off. It had on what looked like normal clothes, like a shirt and jeans. I remember either the hat or the shirt looked sort of orange, but he had no face. It was maybe two feet away from me too, hand stretched out like it was about to grab me and I could see my husband through it and then just all of a sudden it was gone. Obviously, I've never been so shook in my entire life. I was shaking and crying and my husband was just so confused. He thought that I had just had a bad dream. Our neighbor called the police too because of my screaming and had to tell the cops that I had a nightmare. To this day, I know too that I wasn't asleep. I know the difference between half dreaming and being asleep and dreaming. Dogs can't see your dreams either. I was so scared that night that I shook uncontrollably for like hours. I've literally never been that terrified to the point that I couldn't stop trembling, which has never happened. And I've had a rough life with plenty of scary real life happenings. I couldn't sleep all night and I didn't fall asleep by myself for years after this. The strange thing is that whatever my son saw that day, it sounds a lot like this. So I'm 23 male and live in California and last year I decided to use Tinder for the first time. I had previously used Hot or Not and Plenty of Fish but mostly just got bots and scammers so I already wasn't very big on online dating. However, I was feeling bored one Friday afternoon, so I decided to install it and just see what happened. After creating an account, I began swiping people and it wasn't more than like half an hour after I'd gotten off the app that I got matched up with someone. For a little context, I am what you might call bisexual. I hate labels, but that's what I fall under, I suppose. And I matched up with a 25-year-old dude named Aiden. Aiden was what I would call attractive and he had similar interests in gaming and coding as I did. I decided to go and send him a message but before I could even type a single letter, he sent me a message. The message read, hey I saw you're new to Tinder and thought that I would reach out and say hi. I said hi back and the two of us began talking about our love for video games, movies and coding. He told me that he's a full-time coder and makes a salary only working four hours a day. He asked me if I'd be down to come and chill with him and I then offered him over to my house because I was alone and he lived with his parents. He seemed very excited about this all of a sudden and said that he would love to come over. We agreed on him coming over in like an hour or so so that I could tidy up my room and get my PC ready for gaming and stuff. After about an hour or so I sent him my address and he said that he was on his way. Now, normally I wouldn't have invited someone to my house like this that I'd never met, but this guy seemed harmless for the most, and he was attractive, so I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. I heard a knock at my door, and I looked out the peephole and saw that it was Aiden. 
He had a bottle of red wine in his hand and a smile across his face and we hadn't discussed drinking wine together but I did in fact like red wine and the brand that he had with him just so happened to be my favorite brand. I opened the door and greeted him. I told him that the wine was actually my favorite and asked if he was a mind reader and he laughed and said that I just strike him as a red wine kind of guy. I asked him how he planned to get home if he ended up drinking too much and he said that he Ubered to my house and we ended up having a couple of glasses of wine on my back patio just talking about life, work and shared our coming out stories and stuff like that. After the wine we went inside to play some PC and we had a blast. After the gaming he showed me his laptop which he brought with him and showed me all of his work and stuff. Eventually I had to use the restroom so I excused myself. I then heard him approach the bathroom door and turn the knob. But because I didn't lock the door behind me he just sort of came right in completely unannounced and without any warning he just starts grinding on me from behind while forcefully grasping my shoulders. I shoved him off of me and just kind of jokingly said that's a bit intrusive. He just smiled at me and said I just wanted to see how you would react. I left the bathroom and walked into the kitchen with him walking right behind me. I asked him if he wanted more wine or maybe some water but before I could grab the water bottles from the fridge this dude pushed himself up against me and groped me and he was just smiling super creepily. This time I was completely taken aback so I shoved him off forcefully and yelled at him. I told him that we had just met and that I didn't think that this was the right time to just jump into something like this and he said that it was just a waste of time and said that I had no idea what I was doing and that I give gays a bad name and then said I was being homophobic and I told him that if I was homophobic that I wouldn't be hanging out with him and talking about the things that we were. I told him that I found him attractive but that he was crossing major boundaries at this point. He just laughed and said, in the LGBTQ community, there are no boundaries. And then, just like that, he said that he had to go. And thank God is what I thought to myself. I walked him to the front door and he walked out without saying goodbye or anything. I didn't think anything else of it and decided that I just needed to take a shower. I got in the shower and about five minutes into my shower, I keep hearing this sort of tink tink sound coming from the other end of the door. I peek out through the sliding door of the shower and look down toward the bottom of the door and to my shock I see Aiden holding a freaking spoon to the bottom of the door looking in it at me while I'm showering. I could only see this because of how high off the floor the door sat but not knowing what to do now I just pretended not to notice him and slowly turned the shower off. I got out, wrapped a towel around my waist and prepared to confront him by yanking the door open but before I could do that I heard him snap a picture with his phone. I flung the bathroom door open and he flew down the hall and out my front door. I saw him get into a white Honda Civic and drive away. He had lied about taking an Uber for some reason and I have no idea what the heck he took a picture of me for or why he took it in the first place but... I can imagine that it wasn't for anything good. I immediately blocked him on Tinder and was paranoid that he would return, but thankfully he didn't. So, that's my story of the Tinder creep who groped me in my own house.
So sleeping in a car is definitely not always the best. And I have two different encounters where I thought that I was about to enter the nightmare of my life. So the first one, I was camping about an hour from Santa Fe on a weeknight. It was cold, I was supposed to leave early in the morning for Texas and it was forecasted to snow. Being the young genius that I was, I slept in my jeeps in a gate all these. Middle of the night, an SUV quite literally skids to a stop across the gravel into my campground. This wakes me up and I'm obviously on edge now. This SUV is blasting mariachi music. Incredibly odd, but I figured these people were just drunks or they were high or something. The doors open and these people get out and start running through the woods screaming bloody murder. What I mean by this too is these people sound like they're going to die. I am at an absolute utter loss and maybe a minute or two passes and everything just gets suddenly quiet and I don't hear them anymore. Tucked into my sleeping bag I'm pretty terrified. I'm sitting there cramped up in the back of my jeep wishing and praying them away. I don't know how long it was, but I dared not look at my phone. Eventually, though, I heard quiet voices around my Jeep. The only thing that I caught was, do you think somebody is in there? And as you can imagine, I absolutely lost my cool. I started screaming and crawled as fast as I could to the front seat where I turned the lights on and the key on the ignition. As I looked up, I see these people scattering away like roaches into the trees and down the mountainside. And ever since, I keep a J-frame revolver in my center console whenever I travel. My state's permit is actually recognized in a lot of places, so it's a nice luxury to have, especially when encounters like this happen. The second story is that this was in the city of Little Rock in Arkansas. I was heading to Oklahoma from the East Coast to visit family for Christmas. I was too cheap to pay for a hotel, so I got off on I-40, parked behind a hotel, and I slept in my Jeep. Middle of the night, I get woken up by the sound of a small scraping noise, though. Confused, I open my eyes to see a figure outside, attempting to work the zipper on my soft top. Horrified, I simply sat there, and it wasn't until he or she managed to stick their hand through the small opening that they'd created that... I reached out, grabbed the nearest thing to me, which was a Coleman lantern, and smashed their hand with it. Without waiting to see the result of this, I jumped into the front seat, worked the ignition, and peeled out of that hotel parking lot faster than I think I ever left anywhere. I didn't stop for gas, red lights, breakfast, or anything. I emerged straight onto the I-40 and continued west for almost 30 miles, and needless to say, that was the last time that... I ever slept in my Jeep. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, 
But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.